Welcome to With You in the NICU, a podcast for infant patients' parents and practitioners. Each episode aims to last as long as a pumping session for mom, or you could listen to several while you practice skin-to-skin with baby. With You in the NICU is produced by the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation. This episode is made possible by presenting sponsor Medela with support from AbbVie and Prolacta. Your host for With You in the NICU is Jenna Morton, a parenting journalist and mother of two preemie boys. Welcome to this episode of With You in the NICU. Today's guest knows just what those highs and lows of being a parent in the NICU feels like. Jack Horrigan's daughter Tess is a preemie, and both she and her mom have become great advocates for including families in the care process. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. We're so happy to have you. And I'm wondering if we could just start by you sharing a little bit of your story with everyone. Well, um, I was diagnosed with an incompetent cervix in 2012. Actually, I knew I had it before. Um, I had had a full-term baby um, before that, my son Spencer. Um, But with Tess, I was on bed rest in the hospital and ended up in the antenatal unit. And she came at 27 weeks and five days. So we entered the NICU via the hospital already. And um, yeah, as we all know, it's quite a journey in the NICU. And we spent about 82 days there. So yeah, we we entered scared and shell-shocked, like most NICU parents. But we started to do the Family Integrated Care Program, which really helped us sort of get integrated and understand and be educated about all things in the NICU. For those who might not know the terminology, remind us a little bit about Family Integrated Care. So Family Integrated Care is all about integrating the family in the NICU into the circle of care. So um, we were the first family to pilot it in Toronto at Mount Sinai Hospital. And we became part of the team. We didn't do anything medically, like we couldn't give, you know, IVs or meds or things like that. But we presented at rounds. We were educated every day um, by different members of the multidisciplinary team, whether it was RTs or um, the neonatologists or the nurses or the lactation consultants. So we really got an education in all things premature. We learned about pain management. The requirements were that you were bedside for, I believe it was eight hours a day. I can't remember it so long ago now. I was sort of in a state of panic before family integrated care. And once we sort of got into that circle of care and I understood what all the jargon meant and I understood what was happening and why the bells were going off, it sort of calmed my anxiety. So um, it's integrating the family into the care. And for us, it was a great transition to come home because I felt like I knew a little bit more, not everything, mind you, as we all as parents don't know everything, but it really helped my husband and I understand and feel like we were parents when we were there in the NICU. Did you understand when you were in the NICU and and going through this process what it might have been like without it? Well, that's a really interesting question because the first two weeks we were not in family integrated care. And I felt like a cork bobbing in the ocean and I didn't have anything to cling to and she had had some serious issues in the first little while. So I really got a sense of 
what it was like to feel grounded and what it was like to feel like I was completely losing my mind. And, you know, and it was the very beginning too. So I was exhausted and hormonal and trying to pump and things weren't coming out of me. And so it was like night and day having somebody there. The the most important part of family integrated care for me was having a parent buddy. And that person was Kate Robson, who stood beside me and was my anchor and still is today, eight years later. So yes and no to that question. I didn't know at the time, but once it happened and reflecting back on it, I was like, wow, thank goodness that happened. And I can't imagine it any other way. I think it's so powerful for people to understand just what impact it can have to find that buddy, whether it's someone who's technically part of a group like Kate was with Phi Care With You, or if it's just someone you can find in your circle that has gone through something similar. No one's situations are going to be exactly the same, but finding those other preemie parents can be such a powerful help. Oh, it's it's life-changing. You know, whether it's online, like the Canadian Premature Baby Foundation and support groups like that, or, uh, you know, a friend of a friend had a baby early. And, you know, I get calls all the time from people outside my circle. And immediately when you get on the phone with someone who has the same experience, you're bonded and you have this immediate sense of trust. And when I was in the unit, there were four of us who started in family integrated care and we could look in each other's eyes and not say anything and we would get it. We'd know if we were having a bad day or if the other person needed support or, you know, just being there and understanding that it's so powerful. And so uh, you can't even describe how important it is. And like I said with Kate, you know, her kids are older than mine and I go to her still. I was texting her last night about something school related for my daughter. So it really makes a difference. And whether it starts in the NICU later or when you're on bed rest, it's connection is the most important part of this, I think. Tell me a little bit about how you've helped with that since you've left the NICU. After I left, I went back Uh, to Mount Sinai and volunteered a lot and I got more and more integrated into it and came back as a parent partner on staff part-time with another mom and so that was a pilot project too and it really impacted me going back and seeing how important it was to stay connected as a parent to another parent but also just seeing the NICU from another angle was really important for me. As time went on I realized about I'm in communication I was on TV and in on stage for years and years, and I realized how important communication was, or lack of it in the NICU, or with families on the outside talking to their support systems. So I went into more into communications after I left being at uh, Mount Sinai doing parent to parent. And then I started doing uh, support on the Canadian Premature Baby Foundation's online support system, which was fantastic. And as my child got older and she had other things that, you know, you deal with as uh, school things, I got busier and busier, so I couldn't do as much. But still, as I said, I get calls all the time sort of off the side of my desk of people connecting with me. It's it's something that never ends. And it's, um, it's a really important part of my life. And it's a really important part of my daughter's life. She knows she was premature. She talks about it. And she talked about it at school for, you know, show and share. And she said her her quote was, oh, I got to live inside this super cool robot machine and it's called an incubator. You know, I so, love that. Oh yeah. my goodness. What a beautiful way to describe it. She, I know she's very creative and really smart. And, and she, I think 
early on, I said, well, you were born prematurely because you just couldn't wait because we had to meet each other. And that was sort of her thing. And she tells people that she's like, you know what, I was just a little impatient and I wanted to meet everybody. So, um, you know, she, she gets it on her level of uh, uh, being eight years old, but it also gives her this sort of unique perspective on the world. I think, you know, sometimes she like show and share, she might show her pictures and people will ask questions. Why are you wearing that on your face? And she'll explain, oh, well, my lungs weren't great back then. So they had to give me some help. You wear glasses. I had to wear this. So she's pretty cool. She's a pretty cool kid. That's fantastic. It's so interesting to hear kids explain how they see what has happened or what's happening to their siblings. And it's very neat to hear her take on the robots that helped her. Exactly. You know, and I find talking to older preemies like the holy grail. Like I ask them questions all the time. What do you remember? What happened? You know, how do you how do you do this? What's this? You know, Kate's kids or I know an older preemie who's in her 20s that uh, I've worked with through the Premature Baby Foundation. And uh, and she's like so patient with me asking. She goes, well, I don't remember this, but you could ask my mom or she'll remember certain things. And it's just really cool to see a different perspective. It is. I think it's so, so important for parents who are in the NICU to hear these stories and to think about, because you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, what comes next, what comes next? And you're thinking in such short little chunks of time, but then you're also worrying about the future and what long-term implications this might have. And to be able to know that there's such a wide group a wide support system in our country of older preemies and their parents who are so happy to share their stories. It's so important. And exactly, it's a balance, right? You, When you're in the NICU, I remember just looking at the clock waiting for the next test results, you know, whether it's the next 20 minutes or the next hour or when I had to go pump or whatever it was in small chunks. And then having those moments of thinking, okay, what's going to happen in the future? And, you know, there are, and that's normal, you know, although my daughter always says, there's no such thing as normal, mom, you always say that. But you, you really have to balance it and realize that every Tess had a teacher in preschool and she used to say to me focus on what she can do and that I had a a primary who said the same thing in the unit you know what look what she is doing this is amazing look how far she's come you know don't compare to anyone else Tess is Tess and your baby is your baby and they will get where they need to go when they need to get there it's very good advice is there anything else you'd like to share with the parents who are listening I think there's a couple of things that I wish I had known in the unit, like, I don't know, (laughs) those sanitary bags that you sanitize your your pump stuff with. Oh my gosh, changed my life. Uh, I don't know if they still use those. That was eight years ago. Do they still use those? Yeah, the little bags you put like in the microwave? Yes. That was like, I don't know, the best thing that ever happened to my life. So I would give them as presents afterwards. Would you like some some bags? (laughs) I've got them. They're great for the microwave. That saved me. Also, taking breaks and self-care when you're in there, so important. I felt so guilty that I should be there all the time, and there's so much pressure. And having a day off or taking a walk around the block to get some sunshine on my face or going to get my nails done, I know that sounds crazy, but just something for me that got me out of this space was really important. And also asking for help. You know, we were exhausted. And when I went back in the unit and I would talk to moms, I'd say to them, you know, are you sleeping? Are you eating? Are you pumping? In that order. And you could tell on someone's face where they were in the journey if, you know, that wasn't all going so well. So 
asking for help is so important. You don't have to do this alone. And going to the groups was a lifesaver for me, not just for the tips about, you know, breastfeeding and does this cone fit properly and how do you make a good seal and all that kind of jazz, but just to connect with other parents and know that you're not alone and that all of us have the guilt, the dreaded guilt of why, why or what if. And the more you talk about it, the more you feel safe and you realize that there's a whole support network out there waiting to catch you when you fall. It's a beautiful thought. Well, it's a beautiful place. That sounds crazy. The NICU is scary and there's beeps and noises and people rushing and pain and whatnot. But it's also a a lovely place where people are all there for the same reason because they love these children and they are doing everything in their possible background and their possible expertise to help these babies and these families. So sometimes I look at the NICU as a scary place, but sometimes I look around and I say, wow, this is a pretty unique space that everyone here loves these children. Well, and I think it's a very powerful place for parents to learn a lot about infant care that you, you don't get the, that same manual and those same workshops and the, those same groups when you just come home. No, we, it was like, you know, we read to test early, obviously, because we were in the NICU all the time. She is a fantastic reader. She, she is way ahead of her class. And I think that's sort of what happened to us too. Andy and I got this crash course and we were like, oh, pain management? Sure. You know what? Let's put her on our chest for skin to skin. Let's, you know, put her on the breast, whatever it was. Um, how to watch her, her color, her breathing, her, you know, how to advocate for her. RSV season, germs. I was the germ police, luckily, and now she eats off the floor and it's totally fine. But you get through these things and you learn about them. And I, I had a full-term baby before her and I didn't learn any of this. So there's this unique space where you're getting all this information and education that you wouldn't have otherwise. It's a very special time in our family's life when we look back on it as well. It was, it's a very interesting experience that brings us all together. What was your most valuable lesson from the NICU? I think the piece that stays with me was being told not to judge this moment against the one that just happened. So, you know, if baby's weight has gone down a little bit, that's okay. Look at how far you've come over three days. Look how far you've come over a week, right? You, you don't always judge right now by what just happened. Try to look at that bigger picture and see where the bigger movements have been and to always kind of find that positive. And that's something that we've continued to do and, you know, now that, you know, our kids are school age, it's that saying like, oh, okay, well, we're not reading so well this week, but you know what? We're reading a heck of a lot better than we did two months ago. So we're just going to exactly. keep going forward. Exactly. And my daughter struggles in math and she constantly says, oh, I'm horrible at this. I'm like, no, you're not. You will get there when you get there and you just work hard and we're here to help you. There's always going to be something. Everybody in this planet has something that they struggle with. And it's a matter of perspective. Tessa's working on an Einstein project <laughs> for her school. And, you know, she picked Einstein because Einstein has a learning disability or had a learning disability. And she goes around the house now saying, you know what, mom, everything is relative. And it is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, she gets it on some level that Einstein got it. And, you know, everybody's got something they have to struggle with. And it's a long-term game. It's not an immediate sprint. And 
you know, if you focus on what you can do. I wish I had focused a lot more on positives and the joyful moments in the NICU. And early on when we first came home, instead of there was so much anxiety and stress. And, and I wish I had just said, like you, you just explained, I wish I had had that insight and said, you know what, we'll get there when we get there and this is okay. And it's a long-term process. Another great piece of advice that we learned when our oldest daughter, who was not a preemie, went to school. She had a fantastic teacher her first year of school. And my daughter came home one day. We learned a magic word. I said, really? What's the word? Yet. I haven't learned to do that yet. And that, that's the other one that, like, that is what every parent needs to learn and needs to hear for the nine months and the time after. We haven't figured it out yet. It doesn't mean you know what that is making my eyes water right now because everybody, whether you're preemie or an adult or a 90 year old man sitting in a recliner, needs to have that word printed on their wall and say, I haven't done it yet. Yeah, it is a magic word. (laughs) Yeah, it is the most magical. I'm gonna make sure I make t shirts up with that. Well, this has been such a pleasure to chat with you about this, Jack. Well, it's my pleasure. And, you know, to all the moms and dads in the unit and all the, I don't know if, if the staff's listening too, you know, take a moment and pat yourself on the back and realize that this isn't easy, but you are loved and you're supported and one day at a time. Jack Horgan is a preemie parent who lives in Ontario. With You in the NICU is created to keep pumping mothers and others company in and out of the NICU. It is produced for the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation by Jenna Morton and Tosh Taylor. Financial assistance is provided through education grants from presenting sponsor Medela with support from AbbVie and Prolacta. You can learn more about the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation by following them on Facebook or online at cpbf-fbpc.org.